Warner Brothers took to the Indigo Ballroom to celebrate Looney Tunes in an all-new exclusive Looney Tunes panel at San Diego Comic-Con this year. So, of course, you realize this means podcast. Are you ready, eager young space cadet? Meep, meep. Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello and welcome to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, and with me today is podcast producer and my lovely wife, Sabina Graves. Hi, Sabina. Hey, Jonathan. Long we, time no see. I know, right? It's not like we were just at Comic-Con together what? for four days. What? Yes. And celebrating our five-year anniversary in between. Oh, yes. In in the whirlwind of a lot of work and um, a lot of parties. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. But the highlight and the reason why we are here today is to give the audience our impressions, our reactions to everything that we saw during this wonderful Looney Tunes panel moderated by Eric Bauza. And I'm just going to want to run through all of this and give you my emotions, your emotions, how we were feeling. I mean, I saw your emotions. Yeah. I saw your emotions during key moments. And uh, listeners, there were tears. There were tears for sure. But they were valid tears. Happy tears. I believe Eric Bauza was also crying during this. <laughs> Are you calling out Eric? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Eric. I had to. It's an emotional time. Not I mean, a dry eye in the house. There's so much reverence for these characters now. And it was never more apparent than this panel where we had our first look at Tiny Toons, Luniversity. We had new character reveals for up-and-coming episodes of Looney Tune cartoons headed by Alex Kerwan and Pete Browngard over there at Warner Brothers Animation. And we had a full episode of Bugs Bunny Builders that was shown to us. And then we had a song at the end performed by Tony Award winner Tom Kitt, who is working on Bye Bye Bunny, the first Looney Tunes musical. So this is a, a really good time to be a Looney Tunes fan. Oh, yes. And we also got into some Halloween special goodness, which I don't know if I've made it apparent on the podcast, but I I am, am a big Halloween 365 days a year person. So I was very, very happy to get <laughs> more information about the Halloween special. And Candy Milo just killed it. As yes. With Hazel. As with Hazel. It was and a fantastic uh, yes, performance. Yes, it looked so good, too. And I'm so, I'm so worried about that spider. What's going to happen to that spider? You're not because you don't like spiders? I don't like spiders. But it was so cute. It was like a Chuck Jones spider. It was adorable. Yeah. But spiders. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just jump right in. The panel starts and Eric Bowser takes to the stage. Thanks for making the drive to see me at DaffyCon. Woo! <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Eric Bowser and welcome to the Looney Tunes panel at San Diego Comic-Con. was known for doing the voice of Tweety nowadays and so he looks over to the screen and Tweety is there and we got to celebrate Tweety on his 80th birthday and he kind of like guided the crowd of like who to sing 
to him during this happy birthday celebration because Tweety's turning 80 this year. And I thought that was really cute. And Tweety is alive at 80. Alive at 80. Yeah. <laughs> Thriving at 80. He's a, a life, king. A life in pictures <laughs> that uh, was a recent article on io9 that I did. <laughs> Not because it's a memoriam, but it was a celebration of Tweety's 80th birthday. Yes. For yeah. the record. <laughs> Did not kill Tweety. <laughs> Tweety is such a a unique character because they they started out as a little naked bird and little naked now, bird, little naked bird, and now they are a a king and a thriving cultural canary. icon. Absolutely, trendsetter with a wonderful catchphrase, and I I'm so glad there's all these murals coming up that are all over the world to celebrate Tweety. And if you check the Instagram at this mutes podcast, I I've posted every single one of them and they're in the highlights. So check out the Tweety 80 highlights for those mural photos. But yeah, it's just a, a wonderful reverence for everyone's little favorite canary. Having Bowser, the voice of Tweety lead in this celebration and this happy birthday song. I thought that was really unique and no better place for it to happen than a room full of looney tunes fans which i felt i was in i felt the the vibe of the, the oh, crowd sure. was yeah. in it and everyone was singing along so that was really fun it made me wonder why there hadn't really been any other looney tunes panels and i know i'm pretty like new to the fandom not not new to the fandom but i guess a bit more fully immersed in the fandom now being married to you because i've always been a looney tunes fan definitely like a casual fan um who, you know, wore the fashions, watched the cartoons growing up and watched the movies as they were coming out. But, you know, like uh, as someone who has been more uh, brought into it uh, through Jonathan and his podcast, I felt that, you know, the, the whole vibe in the Indigo Ballroom was just filled with Looney Tunes fans of all ages. And... I was like, for a really big fandom that has been around for so long, like, how did how, how has this not happened before? This is very true. So this isn't the first panel, but this is the first live panel. So there was a, a San Diego Comic-Con uh, virtual celebration of right, Looney Tunes yes, um, yes. with Yvette Nicole Brown, who hosted that year. And it was... It was fun. It had all the different voices of Bugs Bunny that are still with us. And, you know, um, there, it was a fun little panel, but it wasn't like this. This this was like a full-on celebration with, you know, new concept art and just a crowd, an energized crowd ready to celebrate and, and look at Looney Tunes and, and hopefully in a whole new light. Although, for me personally, Looney Tunes has always been associated with my Comic-Con experience. What? Yeah, in, in the regard that Ever since I started going to Comic-Con back in 2012, mm-hmm. um, I'd always walk by the Chuck Jones exhibit museum oh, yeah. there because that, that was there for so long. And so I think I'd pop in maybe once or twice throughout, you know, to look at the animation and art. Um, so it was very cool to see it, um, you know, still continue to be a, a big part of Comic-Con in that way. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And the first time I went to Comic-Con, I also went into the Chuckstones Museum and was blown away by the art, the the whole installation, 
down in San Diego. And while they don't have a brick and mortar anymore, they do have pop-ups. And they had one this year as well. And I, you know, I was there all the time. <laughs> as my Instagram can attest. This is true. <laughs> so going back to the panel, though, um, with Tweety... You had a new, a brand new announcement. Speaking of Tweety and his, his 80th birthday, let's take a look at some awesomely fun stuff coming up from the cinematic world of Looney Tunes. Uh, first, with King Tweety. With King Tweety not only being released on DVD, which is currently out now, and on VOD, but we My have My question a... has been answered. But we have a release date <laughs> for T- King Tweety. And that will be November 19th on Cartoon Network and November 20th on HBO HBO Max. And we got to watch the trailer again, which... How was it watching the trailer after having seen the movie? (laughs) It was great. I think it played really well to the audience. I kind of wish they had brought out uh, some of that creative team as well, because I think that is such a worthy film for the pantheon of Looney Tunes films. Um, Agreed. But it would have been like so many people on the panel. (laughs) There are already a lot of people on the panel and it was fantastic. That's true. They needed two hours. I think they only had one hour. (laughs) But uh, yeah, had we had more time, they they definitely should have gotten the creative team behind that. So if you haven't seen it, listener, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, we both did our review of it. We both really endorsed it. It's on HBO Max soon. It will be on HBO Max soon, but if you can't wait, and I don't know why you would wait. Go buy it. Go buy it on DVD and check it out. You won't regret it. Moving on, we had the Bugs Bunny Builder team uh, show us a brand new short. And now, uh, as of today... <laughs> Bugs Bunny Builders is on HBO Max, so you can go watch Bugs Bunny Builders right and now. And Cartoon E2. Uh, and Cartoon E2. And uh, this is a series with showrunner Abe Outish, who is a fan of Looney Tunes and brought in such a, a reverence for the characters. And he really kept intact with what we know and love about these individual characters, but working together and learning life lessons and, and showing morality tales to young kids, this is a this is a young uh, aimed show, a younger aimed show, and it is for preschoolers. But I think that there are a lot of things that regular Looney Tunes fans will get from this show, um, such as the really fun pairings that you won't get anywhere else, such as uh, Foghorn Leghorn is the mayor of Looneyburg, and he gets to interact with Bugs Bunny and Daffy in all new ways. And it's just so much fun. I, I really love how adorable the show is. And I think the voice cast is perfectly cast. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, you know, taking it back to what you were saying about the characterization of these Looney Tunes icons, they're in no way uh, sort of like turned into bland molds of the characters just for the like use of being a teaching tool they are the characters like they are their spirits are the same as every iteration that you know them as and they're just a younger version of them and discovering new things and in a stage where they're learning about boundaries and friendship and uh, just essential social skills together, uh, which is hilarious and funny. And you have a lot of the uh, current voice cast returning to be 
uh, characters like Eric Bowser's in there again. And then we have a new uh, Lola Bunny uh, voiced by uh, Chandi Parrick. Chandi. Chandi. Chandi Parak. And uh, yeah, she like fits the fits the bill for a Lola Bunny voice. And as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's Lola. I'm so sorry if we slaughtered your name. (laughs) (laughs) We will get it right. (laughs) And Eric is, again, Bugs and Daffy and Tweety. And Bob Bergen is in there as Porky. Fred Tatashore is Taz. Alex Cazares is Petunia Pig. Candy Milo is Pauline Penguin. Uh, Jeff Bergman is Foghorn Leghorn. It's just so nice to see all these characters returning. Uh, Keith Ferguson is Wiley Coyote. Uh, Dawson Griffin is Sniffles. So yeah, like there is, there's just a, a wonderful array of characters that are filling out this world. And there are some deep cut Looney Tune characters that are showing up here. So having those pairings is really fun. I always love whenever Bugs and Tweety talk. Like, that's my favorite. Yes. Having those characters These together. These two hero characters finally teaming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For construction. For construction. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's great. And these morality tales are really important for kids to learn at a young age. And their, you know, developing minds are getting introduced to these characters at such a young age, like we did. But the these are, you know... In, instead of dynamite gags, these are helpful lessons, and I, I think it's great. So the episode we saw was the first of the series where they build... The water slide? The water slide, that's right. And Foghorn Leghorn just keeps wanting to put new things, including a snack bar, on the water slide. And it's just absurd and loony, but it's And Bugs great. is like such a people pleaser. He doesn't want to say no and does not know how to say no, which is, I think, a really great lesson for kids to learn that you can say no to things. Yeah. And, you know, all the all the characters grow through each experience. Definitely. I, I do love some of the sight gags in this short, specifically when Bugs Bunny bursts through the snack bar in yeah. the middle of the uh, water slide. Uh, <laughs> it made me think of Roger Rabbit. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Where it leaves the silhouette. Where it leaves the silhouette through, like, the wall. The glass, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. And, you know, just the, the little builds that they're doing, I really do hope that they make Lego sets out of these. But all the episodes are now on HBO Max as well. It's great because if you're a fan of a lot of those deep cut characters, you'll see Pussyfoot, you'll see Charlie Dog. Sylvester will show up. Oh, and what they're doing is uh, if the characters aren't a part of the main team, they're going to be freelancers. Really fun way to get uh, Sylvester and Wiley Coyote involved. And yeah, I uh, I can't wait to see how this show builds on itself. No pun intended or pun intended. <laughs> I um, dig it. <laughs> uh, so HBO Max is the site for these Bugs Bunny builders and this Looney crew. So check it out. Continuing on to the panel, we had Alex Kerwan talk about Looney Tunes cartoons, which is going to be coming back for another season. I know the initial order was for a thousand minutes and they have reached that. So maybe there will be a new order of another thousand minutes. I don't know. Hopefully. Hopefully, because it is wonderful. And I... Just absolutely loved seeing Witch Hazel in this sneak peek that we got. And for it was the Halloween special. For the Halloween special. And it was posted online, so you can check it out. It's called Hex, Hex Appeal, which is obviously a play on sex appeal. But <sighs> it is Witch Hazel. And it's it's a very uh, delightful take on Bewitched Bunny, where Witch Hazel is 
you know, not wanting to be pretty and she gets turned pretty in the end of that. But in this, she already thinks she's pretty. She looks in the mirror and she's like, oh, I'm gorgeous. <laughs> she doesn't want to be gorgeous. And so she looks into a spell book and wants to put a ugly spell on her. So she's making a potion, but it involves a diver. Yes, it, it involves a potion that she has to concoct. And to do that, she needs something from a spider. And the spider is not cooperative. It's with, in danger. With Hazel's uh, plan here. But it I'm is in danger. I'm not sympathetic to the spider at all. <laughs> the art style for this Sorry is so this unique. And I, I just love the entire look of it. And I can't wait to see more. Uh, we do not know how this ends. We do not know what happens to the poor spider that Witch Hazel is after. But uh, Candy Milo is voicing Witch Hazel. She uh, is also the voice of Granny in Looney Tunes cartoons. And I think she absolutely kills it. You have such a strong June Foray accent here. And you, it it feels like June Foray is still you know with us through Candy Milo in this performance. Um, it is modern, but it's unique and it, it's, a, it's mostly a throwback. And again, the art style, I cannot get over. Uh, it is just, it, it almost looks like watercolor. Like it's so beautiful and the background designs are like a painting. I, I just, I can't get over it. Yeah, definitely. It just uh, has that, uh, very much the, I would say like how the Grinch stole Christmas sort of aesthetic in in a way that is just very classic Chuck Jones. Yeah. Um, with just the layers and the animation. And, you know, um, but but Halloween. Yeah. And spooky. Yeah, so this will be premiering during the Halloween special of Looney Tunes cartoons. And I absolutely can't wait for the fall for that reason. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I am so stoked for all the Halloween content. I got the opportunity to talk to Alex uh, after the panel as a part of an interview for io9 that um, basically allowed me to kind of just dig in on what else we can expect for the Halloween special. And um, there's going to be some music in it by Edward Grieg. There's going to be just like that, you know, skeletons in the graveyard aesthetic uh, with one of the cartoons that center on Porky and Daffy. And there's also going to be a fun team up with Porky and Sylvester, which uh, he revealed to me that it would be in the veins of Claws for Alarm and other, you know, Chuck Jones shorts like that. That has me so excited because that's one of my favorite Porky and Sylvester shorts. And just them pulling from that as inspiration is incredible. I can't wait to see it. So on the panel, they also announced that there's going to be another short in the vein of Dynamite Dance, which was Elmer going after Bugs without any dialogue, but it will be with Sylvester going after Tweety, and it will be a full-on musical segment. I don't know how long it will be, but I cannot wait to see what art style to go for that and just how it plays out, because Dynamite Dance is just beautiful. For sure. <laughs> So they also announced that we're going to see some familiar faces in Looney Tunes cartoons. And one of those is Ralph Phillips. And this is the kid from A to Z's in the 1953 Chuck Jones cartoon where he imagines himself as being in the war. And it's just a, a, a wonderful daydreamer character. And they modernized it by making 
him daydream that he's Batman. And we got to see a clip of this in the panel where it is Ralph Phillips reenacting the classic Batman the Animated Series opening. And yeah. I lost my mind. It was awesome. Listeners, he lost his mind. Like, his mouth was agape the entire time. <laughs> it was. Yes. And I... It... Meanwhile, I was like, who is this? <laughs> Explain. <laughs> the the level of reverence and love for this character is off the charts. And they have done something here that is so unique because they are pulling in a classic character but modernizing them it, because he wouldn't he wouldn't think to daydream as you know uh those classic 40s mentalities he would do well, something more specifically, modern um alex mentioned that he would envision himself as genre from that time whether it was westerns or adventure movies right or, right so it, you know like that version of pop culture and genre now is stuff like action movies, superhero movies. And he exclusively let me know that not only will there be a, a riff on like Batman, they're also going to do Mad Max. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I cannot wait. Uh, it's going to be great. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, for me, um, I'm familiar with a lot of like how a lot of classic Looney Tunes with, you know, the core gang, They've done a lot of like things like Cara Blanca and stuff like that. So I wanted to know if that's going to continue with the upcoming uh, seasons and episodes with more of like the modern stuff. Like I kind of joked with the with the panel, like, would you do a Looney Tunes succession? <laughs> and uh, that got a laugh, which is great. Um, I really hope they do actually do that. But uh, Alex explained that um, they're going to do a lot with Ralph in that regard of having him daydream about being in a lot of these sort of like big universe like worlds of Warner Brothers and DC. That's so fun. I cannot wait. Oh my gosh. So Mad Max is a a huge movie for Warner Brothers. So that makes perfect sense why they would incorporate that into Looney Tunes as well. Mark Anthony and Pussyfoot are returning, which how great is that? Like ever since Monsters, Inc., I've been the one that goes, oh, hey, you know that moment with Sully and Boo, <laughs> where Boo is, like, stuck on the conveyor belt and Sully's doing those the reactions? trash compactor? Yes. Taken straight from Mark Anthony and Pussyfoot. And having that be in the modern, like, realm of things again, like, kids are going to love that. I cannot wait. I'm going to love that. I can't wait to see You this. definitely blew my mind when you showed me that they were jocking the Looney Tunes style. <laughs> in yeah. that moment, I was like... What? Yeah. So I love both of those characters and I cannot wait to see what happens there. And last but not least, the three bears are returning. Mama bear, Papa bear, and baby bear who are hysterical in their own right. So having, I don't know what characters they're going to go up against. I don't know if they're going to put bugs in there again, but whoever they choose to go up against the three bears, I cannot wait for that comedy act to play out. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Modern day fairy tales. Bring on more. That's what we want. <laughs> Additionally, the day the earth blew up. Yes. And we got that title reveal on the floor. And that was awesome because we got the the big reveal in a wonderful Looney Tune cascading circle kind of intro. And we, we don't know a release date yet. We know 2022. And we know that it is a sci-fi 
parody of some sort because the day the earth stood still is what they're parodying. But this has it blowing up. So it's Porky and Daffy. Is it going to be uh, with Marvin the Martian or who's who's blowing up the earth? I you best believe that I asked I asked Alex who's blowing up who's doing the blowing up and uh, he said that he can't reveal at this time and that we'll have to tune in to see but it is you know going to be that fun dive into genre going straight up sci-fi and they revealed that it is sort of like a, a sci-fi 50s invasion of the body snatchers sort of thing. He said that it has Porky and Daffy and drops our idiots in the middle of it. Oh, that's hilarious. So this movie is written by Kevin Costello, who wrote Briggsy Bear. And that gives me hope that it will be absurd, but also truly in the vein of what they've been doing with these characters in the animated realm of Looney Tunes cartoons on HBO Max. And those are up to five seasons, uh, which has only concluded with a Valentine's Day special. So it's been a while since we've had new shorts drop. And I, I can't side, wait for more. Sidebar, I can't wait for more either. But, you know, I don't know if it's just because of the the way that the industry is currently due to big world global things. Um, but they were doing that with the Mickey Mouse shorts as well, where they're just releasing clusters of cartoons as opposed to like those weekly episode short drops. And I, I hope things improve and we can get those at weekly episode shorts drop uh, drops come back for both properties. Yeah. Well, Looney Tunes did it in batches. So it was like six or seven cartoons uh, in one batch. Yeah. But I hope so, too. I, I really like that uh, design and that, that uh, structure for getting new content. Um, but, you know, in any way we get Looney Tunes, I'll take it. <laughs> they're tiny they're toony they're all a little, little loony, loony. <laughs> and after all that wonderful news we were then treated to concept art and a little bit about tiny tunes luniversity produced by steven spielberg and his company amblin entertainment alongside warner brothers animation and this is a continuation following buster and babs bunny in college and and they're going to be discovering themselves and becoming the performers that they want to be in this performer art school, which is a really fun and unique take on all of this. But they're going to try and bring back all of the familiar faces. All of them. All of them. All of them. Which for the longest time, we didn't think Elmira would make the cut. We didn't know about Fifi. We didn't know anything about anybody. So to hear that on the panel from the creative team it's really reassuring. Definitely. Yeah. And so... They brought back Arnold the Pitbull. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> I just... Like, the, the level of reverence for this show is off the charts. And, I mean, listeners, you thought Animaniacs was, like, a, a big shot in the arm for 90s nostalgic, like, revitalization. Like, just wait until Tiny Toons hits the airstreams. Like, it's going to be insane. Um, so like this is going to be a show that is 30 minutes long, uh, 30 minute long episodes. And then we had a casting announcement with Ashley Crystal Hairston, who is going to be voicing the voice of Babs Bunny. And she got on stage and she shouted out Tress McNeil, who originally voices Babs 
And it was a, a wonderful celebration of like what came before and what she's going to do with the character. And yes, it was so awesome to see uh, the a new voice be added to this ensemble. And you definitely got the impression that everyone who's a part of this project is such a huge Looney Tunes fan and such a huge Tiny Tunes fan. Ashley grew up in the 90s and definitely, you know, like fit that category of person who was into this cartoon back in the day and is now a part of it. So it's really awesome to see just, you know, that family grow with people who really get these characters. Yeah. And, and can bring their own spin to it, like most of all. Totally. She said that whenever she went to the audition, she didn't actually know she was auditioning for Babs. She thought it was like another character. Yeah, she got called in for something else. Yeah. And so for her to get Babs is just a, a wonderful like surprise. But also I, I think that she's going to kill it. I think she's going to like really uh, suit the role really well. Do we know if, um, who's in a voice buster yet? Or are they also just withholding that for now? They're withholding everything else. I, I wonder if it'll be someone like Ben Schwartz who's like monopolized all the really cool like revival characters from the 90s. Yeah. He's like Thanos. He's collecting all these 90s icons. So I would not be surprised if it was someone like Ben Schwartz who <laughs> voiced Buster. Yeah, that would be wild, but appropriate. Uh, I think he has a, a really unique voice for that too. And, and these characters would have grown and their voices would have gotten a little deeper changed over time. So it makes sense. Uh, to have a a new voice come in and I just love the energy that Ashley has for this character and also this project uh, she seemed like super ecstatic to be a part of it and on that stage and and yeah it's just wonderful to see that definitely and we didn't really get this I think as a part of the panel but I was able to talk to Aaron and Nate afterwards in my interview for io9 and they confirmed that Buster and Babs will indeed be siblings, which is very different from the original iteration of the show. Yeah. And, um, you know, I watched it in the 90s and I have like various like memories of episodes that like a, like a very young kid would have. because I'm, I'm a 1990 baby. Oh, no, I'm like aging myself here. But um. You know, like we were rewatching the episodes and I definitely was like a little weirded out at the, the pilot with with the very like choice take on Babs. Um, and I was like, oh, that's probably not what's going to happen in this new iteration. And um, I don't know. I don't think it was a response to that. I think uh, th this change comes from Erin uh, saying that she wanted to explore more of like a brother sister dynamic. Which makes a lot of sense. So they're going to be fraternal twins this time around. Yeah. It's a really unique change because that joke played so often in the classic where it was Buster and Babs Bunny, no relation. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be interesting to hear them say relation, <laughs> but like removed relation. Um, well, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I'm, I'm interested to see the types of stories they tell with that. Uh, but I, th I think it definitely has to do with them going off to college together and having each other. Yeah. Um, as in like that familiar. You, you have like the, the sibling that you grow up with and yeah. stuff. And then you kind of start to make new friends and expand your circle. And how do you really, you know, tackle that? Yeah. So it's going to evolve and allow for new stories to be told. Now, I wonder if this is going to have a continuity to it or if it's going to be, um, you know, like 
one-offs like the old show. Also exclusively, we discovered, please read my article on io9, um, <laughs> that uh, the Tiny Toons will be going up to space as well. I wonder if there's like a, like a space exploration sort of um, class of some sort. Oh my gosh, is Marvin up there? Is Marvin up there? <laughs> so that that was, you know, one of the other aspects that I love so much about the concept art is that we actually got to see the school and the the big building is in the shape of a U. We got to see this aquatic area. There's an entire building that is aquatic underwater. There is a, like a frat house that has a Elmer Fudd statue outside of it. I think there are a lot of statues at play here um, outside of the buildings. So that'll be fun to see. Yeah. And we also got to see the faculty that's returning. Yes. The faculty, which will include uh, Foghorn Leghorn in a gym role, a gym teacher role. Uh, Wiley Coyote is a scientist. Chemistry. Um, <laughs> Probably. Yes. I how can, that cannot go wrong at all. Like, how can that possibly go wrong? Right? Uh, I don't know what Yosemite Sam is teaching, but he's very angry at He looks something. like a campus, like, security guard. Because <laughs> he has a badge on his shoulder. And then we have Granny, who's looking pretty cool. Um, I don't know what she's teaching either. And, uh... Bugs and Daffy and Taz. Yeah. Um, well, we don't know what any of these characters are exactly teaching. Quite yet. Quite yet. But they do look really cool. And the characters look out of sorts. <laughs> um, so then we saw the Lou Brew, uh, which is their hangout. It has like a little like spotlight in the back where people can do poetry readings or karaoke or <laughs> their own It reminds thing. me of the, the friend's coffee shop a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can see that. So the, and the main characters were revealed. So the show will follow Buster, Babs, Sweetie, Plucky, and Hampton. Uh, those are the main five that we're going to be following. So Sweetie got bumped up to a lead. Nice. Which is fun to see. Yeah. And special shout out to Len Curley, who shared some of the pieces that were shown during SDCC uh, that um, people took photos of. And he, you know, tweeted out uh, some of those images for us to take a closer look at what was shown. Yeah, uh, thank you at Nintendo, one of the creative artists on this show. We also had to look at some of the other buildings around campus. There's going to be a Warner Brothers Center for Visual Gags. Um, it has a bomb on the side of it and a rocket and a lever that Coyote would use an explosive device. So that entire design is wonderful and comedic. I love it. There's also a medical center, which has a giant saw sawing through the roof. And the pillars of the building at the front of it are made up of bones. And the bone in the far left is broken. Uh, so that's just a perfect a visual. Bone. Like a funny bone. Okay. <laughs> like a funny bone. It's just a perfect visual gag for a medical center. And then we got the classic entrance where uh, Bugs and Daffy uh, wearing their graduation hats and and um, their formal attire uh, in statue form outside of the Acme Luniversity, which is, you know, su such a throwback to whenever we had 
the classic Acme Acres intro. So I love that. And yeah, I, I the colors are so vibrant and the buildings look so fun. Like I, I want to go to school here. This is this is where I wanted to go. I like I don't know why I didn't go here. <laughs> I feel like you did go there. <laughs> yeah, so that is what we learned from Comic Con this year. All oh, don't of... forget bye bye bunny. Oh my gosh, how could I forget? So after this wonderful Tiny Toons display of art, we were then treated to a musical number by Tom Kitt about Bugs Bunny and his want to retire from Broadway and him not wanting to be bugged anymore. It's just a really emotional song for me because it was put to a montage of the history of Bugs Bunny from the Happy Rabbit all the way to modern day Bugs and and the entire thing just hit me really hard. It did. He was tearing up. But I love the song. I like Tom Kitt has done uh, cartoon themed musical numbers before in the form of SpongeBob, uh, the musical. And he just he brought a new level to this because it had such depth and the play on words was really nice. And I thought that it was a wonderful love letter to Bugs Bunny as a character. Yeah. And I think uh, they mentioned that the lyrics are written by one of the writers from the late show with Stephen Colbert. Ariel Dumas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and she's also writing the entire movie. Amazing. I'm so excited because just even through this song, um, which I think, I think it's called What's Up Me because, you know, it's definitely one of those pieces where like the big stars recollecting like about all that they've given an audience and maybe needing to do some self-care and discovery. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes for Bugs Bunny, definitely. And was it was definitely emotional. It was weird to not hear it in Bugs Bunny voice. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're excited to find out who will voice Bugs in that film. Yeah, and I can't wait to see the look of this film. I know that Dave Alvarez did some concept art for it. And that's the only image that we have. It's Bugs Bunny on stage and... It has Bye Bye Bunny on the the back side of the stage as um, we're getting a glimpse of, you know, Bugs Bunny looking at retirement. And just, you know, that entire journey is going to be a tearjerker for us Looney Tunes fans, uh, for sure. I'll hold your hand. I'll be there. Thank you. And I hope you'll be there, listener, because it's going to be a long road to Looneydom. We have so much so to be much thankful ca- for happening, yeah. and so much happening. Uh, so keep it right here. We're going to cover all of it. Uh, Sabina, where can people find you online? People can find me online at Sabina Has No Art on Twitter. I will be tweeting out my link for my massive Looney Tunes slate interview that I had with all the creatives behind all these projects we just talked about going a bit in in depth with uh, what we can expect to see starting with Bugs Bunny Builders and beyond and you can follow the podcast at OFC this means pod on Twitter and this means podcast on Instagram shout out to friend of the podcast Dave Lee for writing up some really fun quick news around the panel uh, that we helped provide him uh, some information for. And uh, he put that up uh, on uh, Dave Lee Down Under. So go check that out. And everyone on Twitter who shared our live feed and credited us 
that was really kind of you, so thank you. And it was just, the panel was just so much fun. I hope that it becomes like an annual staple at Comic-Con, uh, just because I think that the interest for the Looney Tunes, you know, constantly has different resurgences with all the different iterations that come out. Um, they definitely had a presence. I know, Jonathan, you were taking a lot of photos of people who wore their Looney Tunes fandom at the convention, and that was fantastic. I was really happy to see you over at the Chuck Jones Gallery taking part in a lot of the activation um, events that happened. I believe there was like a, a talk with Eric as well. Yeah, there was with uh, Ben Olson and uh, Craig Cawson, the uh, grandson of Chuck Jones himself. And it was really wonderful to see all of the all the Looney love around the con. So yeah, I have also a, a lot of photos of uh, different Looney Tunes on the floor, but as well as around the convention center of people supporting Looney Tunes. So yeah, check out the Instagram for photos of those things as well. Oh yeah, speaking, you did take a lot of like merchandise photos. I also got, I also got to interview. Uh, the Stitch Shop and Loungefly uh, creative directors. Oh, yeah. And they confirmed to me that there's going to be more Looney Tunes uh, in in those lines coming up soon. So I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sabina, for all your coverage on the panel and on those other interviews that you got to do with the cast and crew of all of these Looney shows that are up and coming. So definitely check out her article over at io9. And now, what do you think about the news? Please like, share, and comment with what project you're most looking forward to. I can't wait to read it. And let's go into this Looney future together. There's so much Looney Tunes all the time now. It's so exciting. It's it's, it's like that thing you say at the end of the podcast, but like 10 times more true. Yeah, that's not all, folks. And it's never rung more true. Woo!